In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Now today is Palm Sunday, and this is not the typical Palm and Passion Sunday that most churches will do today. This is really just Palm Sunday, and there's a reason that we only do Palm Sunday here at St. Michael. That's because we have a little agreement that we have good attendance on Good Friday in order to hear the Passion, and so my faith family gathered all over the place. I am trusting that we will all attend our Good Friday service this week so that we can really sit in Palm Sunday and really kind of marinate in this wonderful story. Today, this Palm Sunday story is read again, and it's one that we are very familiar with. We know this story of Jesus riding into Jerusalem with people waving palms and shouting Hosanna. This is one of those stories that we love to tell children that make great sense to us, that make us feel good. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem this one final time. Jesus has come in and out of Jerusalem many times, but this one final time, Jesus enters Jerusalem with a triumphal parade. And Jesus probably knows what's going to happen, just like we know what's going to happen in this story. And yet Jesus goes into the city with triumph. Now, Jesus has drawn a bit too much attention. Right Over the course of his ministry, he has gathered two large crowds, and the people who are in charge in Jerusalem are feeling the pressure to gain control back. And so Jesus, I imagine, knows what is in store for him. But as he prepares to enter Jerusalem for the last time, the people know he's coming. These people have heard that he is on his way, and they have come out to the streets. They've come out to the streets to welcome Jesus, to welcome this person that has done these amazing things. And they don't simply welcome him by waving their hands. They do two amazing things. The first is that they spread their cloaks on the ground. And the second is that they cut branches from the trees and wave them and sing hymns and chant words of praise. Now, these are big things. This is a big deal. Let's start with the first, spreading their cloaks on the ground. Now, I will remind us that these people were poor. And so it's not like they had a lot of cloaks back home in the closet. This would have been the cloak that they wore. This is a cloak that they needed. And yet they give this cloak to the ground to prepare the way for Jesus. And this is a very important sign. We know from other parts of the Bible, specifically in Second Kings, that putting your cloak on the ground in a procession says two very powerful messages. The first is that you are loyal to the person who is walking on the cloaks. And the second is that you believe that the person walking on those cloaks is the rightful ruler, the rightful king, and you pledge your support in defiance of whoever is the current ruler or king. That's a big message. And this second one of cutting tree branches and singing hymns is equally powerful because when they cut those branches and waved them and they sang hymns and chanted royal words of praise, what they were doing was in effect mocking the royalty of Rome. Or perhaps they were hearkening back to ancient traditions where triumphant rulers, people who had won the day, were greeted with chants of royal hymns while banners and other flags were flown around them. Regardless of what these people thought they were doing, the message was clear. 
Jesus was something big, and they were in defiance of the rulers, whether Roman or Jewish, who would hold Jesus back. Now, this interesting message is one that they were ready to make. Because you see, they were looking for God. These Jewish people were trying to see where God was in this world. They were expecting God in these amazing ways because remember all the prophets had predicted a Messiah. They had been told generation after generation that someone was coming and that that person would save them. Now, what they expected was perhaps not what they got. You see, the people were expecting God but they didn't quite get the God that they were expecting. How many of us expect God in our daily life? How many of us actually look for God every day? I bet more of us are looking for God more often these days because you see many of us tend to look for God and seek God when times are tough, when times seem full of fear. You know, when bad things happen, we often cry out to God, asking God to help us, help us at work, help us to heal from a disease, help us to rescue a child who is ill, or perhaps save a marriage. When times get tough, we tend to cry out for God, to look for God. But when we cry out for God to be saved, yes, God can and does save, but not perhaps the way that we might want. See, the people who threw down their cloaks 2,000 years ago, waving palm branches 2,000 years ago, wanted a Messiah who would come in and overthrow their worldly leaders. And what they got was someone who showed them that the life that they see is not all there is, that there is life beyond what we see, so much more than we can imagine. And for many 2,000 years ago, that wasn't enough. They wanted God their way right away, and that's not how God works. And how many of us want God our way right away? But you see, that's not how God works. 2,000 years ago, people lived in a great state of fear. They did not have much agency. They did not have much control. They did what everyone told them to do, and that fear crippled their imaginations. They couldn't live the lives they wanted to live, and when they experienced Jesus, they responded with excitement and with overwhelming joy and with so much defiance to the power of the world that perhaps we could take a note from them. Because, my friends, we live in a state of fear. So many of us have experienced fear in ways we could never have imagined just a few months ago. It seems like every news story we read, every message we receive seems a bit more daunting, a bit scarier, and our lives are certainly limited in ways that we could not have imagined. And yes, responding to fear is natural. There's nothing wrong with a response to fear, but what if we could overcome fear with a vision for the future, for the healing that we need and we are looking for? What if we were able to stare fear in the face and instead of backing down, we sing songs of defiant praise of God? What if 
We are the people who lay down our cloaks and wave at nothing in order to break this world open, to allow God to come in and change us for good. What if there is truly nothing to fear because what we see in this life is not all there is. God's love is all in all. What if God isn't coming? What if God's already here? What if we, we are the ones who need to make some space for God and not the God that we are asking for, not the God that we may even hope for, but the God who is real, the God who overcomes. What if throwing our cloaks on the ground and waving branches in our own small ways help to break open the world so that God can come in and God can make a change and that change is the change we may not want but is the change we so desperately need. Remember, God does not show up how we want when we want, but God always shows up. This is Palm Sunday. And on Palm Sunday, 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked with his disciples toward fear, and he triumphed beautifully. Jesus walks with us still, and Jesus, I am certain, will triumph over fear once more. Amen.